Good evening and welcome to another edition of the 40 Shades podcast. Um, my name is Jamie and tonight we're going to make a break from our usual schedule. Uh, you may have noticed for the past few weeks that there has been no podcast published on our SoundCloud or iTunes um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, last week we decided better to take a, a short break after um, a tragedy occurred in the league. Um, manager of Busan Park, Kayleigh Challenge, said Cho Jin Ho passed away on October the 10th, 2017 uh, with a heart attack at the young age of 44 years old. Only a couple of years older than me. Yeah. And probably about the same age as Mark, maybe a year younger. Yeah, a couple, I think he's just a year, uh, year older than uh, Mark. Um, what we're going to do tonight is, is briefly um, pay our respects, um, pass on some information about, about Cho Jin Ho and, and his life overall, and then we'll end the podcast, this can be end that segment of the podcast and, and move on to, to a regular programming. Um, so yeah, I think, I think this news, obviously at such a young age, took everybody um, you're really by surprise, Paul, yeah? Yeah. Um, I mean, 44 years old, I mean, I'm kind of used to it, Mark was mentioning, um, Mark hasn't made it through tonight, but Mark mentioned that he was in uh, Pusan the, the week before um, for, uh, for his birthday with his wife at Chusok and and uh, he went mentioned to see, went to see a game, didn't they? Yeah, he well, he was at Songnam Busan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, five days before the guy passed away, or a week before the guy passed away, Mark kind of was was telling me you seen him running up and down the touchline, you know, demonstrating with the referee and, and looking every bit the uh, you know fit and healthy, and, and just shows you how how quickly these things can happen. But <coughs> the thing that's, that surprised me most is you know I can't say I was overly familiar with him with uh, watching his Busan side and his Sangju side last year. But, you know, kind of doing my research on that sort of stuff, I'm really surprised at how many sides in the league um, he seems to have, have been involved with at some point. Um, just to give you a short, a short breakdown, he was at Pohang Atoms, uh, Pohang Steelers now, uh, for five years in the 90s before going to do his military service with uh, Sangju. Then Buchon for a year, and then uh, Songnam um, as well. Played as a sort of attacking midfielder, um, is my understanding, and, and, and made his way through the national team set up too, um, representing the, the country at the 20s, 23s, and the national team fully. Played in the World Cup today in 94. Did he, yeah, is he? Part of the World Cup 94 well, squad. Part of the squad, I think, yeah. Um, over, you know, took over at Dijon in 2013. Uh, well, certainly was caretaker for a year before he uh, before he took over the, the management job full time there. So he, he took over when they were like well bottom of the league and sent them on a run which almost saved them, mm-hmm. and that was enough to get him the, the job full time. Yeah, and he brought them up as champions the next year, right? Yeah, um, 2016. He, I mean, Sanju's success at Sanju was you know speaks for itself. You know, he was. Um, <coughs> they were a good team to watch last year, and of course that's no easy task at the best of times. But uh, you know, to, to have good success with a Sanju side is, is no uh, no small feat. And of course, I think his certainly from what I've seen of, of the teams he's had, um, certainly his most successful team seems to have been this year's Busan side, which we've always said don't seem the most fancy, but they're just very practical. You know, just just sort of edge out wins. So he leaves them uh, second in the league. Yep. Um, they played uh, last weekend. Actually, um, we uh, they, they played against Suwon away from home. It's a bit harsh, wasn't it? Definitely. To make them play just a few days after he passed away. Yeah, I think he passed away on the Monday, and they played at home. Excuse me, they played against Suwon uh, away on the the Saturday. Um, the game was marked by by the image um, that, that sort of spread around online shortly after it. Um, Lee Jung Hyub, after scoring a penalty in the 55th minute, kind of ran over towards a large poster of of his. Uh, of his former manager and, and, and gave it a salute, um, which is quite an emotional moment for, for anyone who's, who's had a look at that image or, or watched it. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he leaves them sitting uh, second in the table in the in the challenge at the moment. Um, you know, a great position to to find themselves in. And uh, yeah, they're they're in the, it's comfortably in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, so so uh, who's taken over? Uh, as far as I know, just um, as a system, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I could I would imagine certainly until I mean, I would imagine until the end of the season. But um, you know, it's possible that you know, I guess they could. They could hang off, or maybe even appoint someone soon. Of course, it's never nice in a situation like that to find, um, you know, to, to, to have to, to book a replacement in. But I guess it's a necessity. What with the, 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 you know, the, the playoffs coming up as well. Um, and I suppose this will go one of two ways, right? Either they'll gain promotion in his memory, or they'll collapse without his, with without his guidance. Yeah. I mean, that that win away to Sue one gives you the impression that, you know. They could potentially sort of press on a little bit. I think if ever they were going to suffer the consequences of this or show you know the effects of it, that it would have been at that weekend there. We've we got two games left in the regular season. I believe so. Yeah, two fixtures left in the challenge this year. So yeah, they they, they play um, again this weekend. Pusana, um, I tell a lie actually. They, 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 this weekend they are uh, away to Anyang. So it's Sunday they play this week, um, and then they finish off the season with Asan at home. Um, of course, they've secured the playoff, uh, the promotion spot already. Um, but yeah, I would, I would expect them to kick on from this. Um, I would certainly hope so. Anyway, uh, you know, I enjoy watching Songnam, but but um, you know, I think in the circumstances, pretty much everyone watching the game will be behind uh, behind Busan. Are they guaranteed to finish second? Yeah, they're going to finish second. Okay, year. so they got the the home field advantage in the playoffs. It looks as though um, Songnam are going to finish in the uh, well. I mean, obviously, two games left. Um, Asan and Songnam battling out for third and fourth, just a point in it. With Asan and third, um, but yeah, it could be uh, it could be that they, they start they play at home, and you'd expect a crowd. You know, considering the circumstances, you would certainly hope for support for the for the local <laughs> population. But this, of course, this is Pusan we're talking about. So yeah, of course. So yeah, we'll wrap up this um, segment of the podcast. Of course, you know, we spend a lot of time on the pod laughing and joking and, and talking a, a power of nonsense, but <coughs> I think sometimes it's better just to, to provide you with the information and, and move on from there. So yeah, everyone at the pod just like to extend their condolences and uh, hope uh, he, he rests in peace. Yeah. Shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, and eyes and ears and mouth and nose. Head, shoulders, knees and toes. Okay, Paul. So good evening again, and welcome back to to the pod. Um, Paul, we've we've got some interest in uh, interest in intro music there. Can you fill us in as to why you selected that? Uh, that was the famous children's rhyme. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Oh, really? Ah, okay. I haven't heard that one before. Um, so, so why did you choose that one this week? Uh, because, as you may have noticed, it's just you and me tonight. Uh, Mr. Mark, who yesterday confidently said he was going to be free to do the podcast today, is is a no show. Okay. Um, apparently, he's done. He's debesented himself and dropped something on his toe and broken it. Yeah, you're correct. And in, in the most Korean accident to ever happen ever, uh, Mark managed to drop a tub of kimchi on his toe. I personally didn't know that you could injure your toe when your nails were made of asbestos, um, but he assures me that he's managed to pick up some some bruising. Um, I'm, yeah, so that's, I'm uh, not quite sure why that prevents him from using his mouth to talk into a, a phone. But no, I mean he, he was at the gym an hour ago, but um, I don't know yeah either quite how this is this has worked out. 
But anyway, that's his excuse. Yep. We'll yep. be finding him two weeks' wages. Sure, yep. And, I, and I'd like to take the chance to wish uh, all the best to Mark and his Pecora toes uh, in the weekend as he, he obviously rests up at home. Um, we'll make him tra- train with the reserves for a few weeks. Yeah, maybe maybe push him out by sort of you know <laughs> in a sort of job book esque manner. Yeah. Treat him like an Australian, you know. Yeah. Um, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, let's let's press on with with the pod this so week. Are, are you sure he's injured? You just didn't just tell him the wrong time for the podcast. I mean, he probably turned up here at five in the morning. They've made five in the five in the evening. <laughs> um, let's press on with the pod this week. As I mentioned, we're going to have a slightly altered running schedule this week. Uh, we haven't put, um, you know we haven't scheduled for a few weeks now. What we choose to talk. And, uh, you know, and schedule conflicts as well after that we've all been very busy but we're back this weekend and we'll be a weekly podcast of course uh, from now on um, we're going to kick off this week with some international news uh, and of course some results from, from the recent internationals that took place um, did you watch these international games Paul and well, the international game and if so why? Um, no I was in Australia at the time um, I did I try and watch one of them? No, I didn't. Okay, so that's this week's podcast, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so pretty much. No, I, I, no, you're wrong. I did. I did watch one of them on my phone for a bit, uh, but it was so frustrating with it kept buffering, so I, I gave up when they were like two 0 down to Russia. Okay. And the other one, I just didn't. The time didn't work out. Well, being in Australia, so. Yeah. But they got humped four two. Yep. In Moscow, of course. And then they lost two 0 to Morocco in France. Yep. Um. Not very good. Certainly is not. Um, it's kind of, I mean, we, we, we understood that this was a, a change side. You know, this was going to be the European side, basically, um, for, for reasons we discussed previously, that the, the K-League sides had um, released the players earlier on in the season for the Iran game, that sort of stuff. Um, do you <coughs> think it was a weakened side, a significantly weakened side? Well, I, I was talking about this with someone who was uh, some kind of a fair-weather football fan, so I didn't know the ins and outs of it. And I suggested that, although theoretically the guys that are playing overseas should be more talented, because most of them sitting on the bench most weeks, they're not in any way match fit or sort of psychologically match fit. So, in my opinion, it's better to play the K-League players who are playing week in, week out, rather than... I mean, I guess there are a few few of the national team that will walk into any squad yep. of Korean players, such as Son Heung-min, yep. who... Can't deny his talent, even though I always say he shouldn't play in the national team. No. Uh, Ki sung Yon when he's fit. Uh, and probably mostly the goalies that they select are okay. Yeah. But other players, um, yeah, I, I think you're better off playing sort of hungry, uh, fit K-League players than sort of bloated yeah. Guys that sit on the bench from week to week. Well, on that note, the the they gave a three-one game from from uh, against Morocco um, with a with a K-League esque attendance of two thousand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the the plus side for that is that you do see uh, Ki Sung Young come back from injury. Um, I noticed he's been playing a lot for the reserves recently at Swansea. Yeah. Um, seems to be sort of slowly phasing his way back in and made his first, <coughs> I believe, full appearance this weekend uh, for Swansea. So he he, he at least has has came back. Um, Song Kyung then on the score sheet of course with a penalty against Morocco in the 66th minute but at that point there were three um, you know there were three goals down so re- recently we've been doing a, seg- a segment where we look at what Korean fans are talking about on their bulletin boards sure. um, I've not had much time to do, look into that this week but obviously there was a lot of talk about those those uh, two international games and uh, what Shin Taeyong should, should or shouldn't be doing whether they should get rid of him whether 
they should beg Hiddink to come back, uh, which players they should be selecting. Obviously, in the first game against Russia, uh, ex-Seoul player Kim Ji-yong scored two own goals in about two minutes. So there's a lot of uh, abuse towards him, shall we say. He's not a John Buck these days, is he? This is a, there's a money finger gesture in there, if so. <laughs> um, yeah. And actually, there was a lot of talk recently as well, after Korea qualified for the World Cup about whether they deserve to qualify and whether it would have been better if they didn't qualify. So we always have the same talk about the, in England, right, about they, they qualify quite easily, they do nothing. It would be better if they didn't qualify so you could have a, like a, a total clear out of the squad and the FA and the... I mean, I can tell you that as a Scotsman, we've had a few clear outs of several clubs in the past 20 years and it hasn't helped much. Um, but one thing I will say is that the issue that the Scottish FA are now facing after 20 years of failing to qualify for any major international tournament is that of funding. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's really considered how significant these World Cups can impact a football association's funding. Yeah. Qualification for the World Cup alone guarantees a football association nine million dollars before they've even kicked a ball. So, <coughs> absolutely understand. In a footballing sense, would it have been better to clear house and go into you know the next World Cup cycle feeling more refreshed and with our squad that was maybe a bit updated, invest in those young players. You know, but in terms of a funding perspective, like it's, it's clear cut. You know, these FAs need to, you know, need to qualify for, for for the World Cup consistently in order to, you know, take over. And if they're used to, you know, they're used to qualification, then it could be that they have a bonus package in store or something that is going to mean that they need that money. You never do know. So, <coughs> so this is Korea's ninth consecutive World Cup. Yep, it's a record. Yeah. Uh, they just need to get through one more, and then you, you'd assume once we get into this expanded World Cup format, they won't have any problems to qualify no. from that. But uh, next World Cup, if they don't change something, I think they're going to struggle, are they not? I mean, I'd, for, you know, from what I've seen, certainly from the Iran game and, and what we watched uh, in the game against Uzbekistan, and even just kind of what I caught in that Russia game last week, 100%. I mean, there's nothing there. Like, uh, there is individual talent, as you mentioned, but it's hard to gauge because they've gone from Uli to, to, to Shin, who is, who's, you know, he kind of doesn't look as if he's really inspired much. I would like to see a new coach, um, personally, because I would like to see what the squad could do with with a manager who's who's really in charge. Um, but you know, at this stage, it doesn't look too hot. No, you're, you're exactly correct. The, the, the strange thing for me is now we're now 15 years past the 2002 World Cup, right? 2002 World Cup, Korea, Korean football getting to the semi-finals, football mania. So you would think that kids who watch that World Cup, who are sort of elementary. Students back then, they would have been sort of between five and ten. They'd have watched that World Cup. They got really into it. Thought, I want to be a football player. Those kids should now be in their early twenties. So we should be seeing a whole stream of like talent coming through, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like looking on the Kaylee pitch. I don't really see it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to see. The only example I've ever seen where it's kind of worked like that is, you know, the whole Captain Tsubasa thing in Japan, yeah. where like, there was like a, a plethora of number nines in the shape of Nakata, Honda, Nakamura, yeah, yeah, you know, Ono, all these players all come through within four or five years, or maybe ten years, of this cartoon <coughs> Um, You know, they had Kagawa as another example, you know. Um, I've never really seen it be so straightforward as that. Mm. But, you know, I can understand the the logic involved in that, you know, in that sort of suggestion. But I just don't know if it's, it would be ideal, but I just don't know if it's clear. I mean, right, to put it more simply, before that, becoming a professional football player was, like, not very socially acceptable, right? There were were much more respectable jobs, doctor, lawyer, etc. And then people saw Pakistan going off to Europe, making fortune, 
being a big star, and they thought, oh, if my kid's got the talent, that's not a bad career path. But uh, I'm not really seeing... I would have expected a, a kind of a, an explosion of talent, but I'm not really seeing it. So, no. No, uh, obviously... I'll give it that. Uh, just before we move on to the next section, most of the World Cup places were were uh, wrapped up in the same week. Sure, yeah. Any any surprises you noted? No, but um, I watched the Australia Serie game last week, and that was uh, I shouldn't have, but I really enjoyed that game. Yeah. Um, it was it was strange. It was Australia sort of fighting amongst themselves almost, and Serie just with some of the most dogged, determined defending I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, really interesting, um, but <coughs> I, I did enjoy it. Kaylee. Um, uh, Sue won defender Matt German, um, who we won't see for a few weeks yeah. um, because of his sort of uh, how much did you pay them gesture that he, he gave to, to John Buck's uh, John Buck striker Lee Dong after he was uh, awarded a penalty. He's been fined uh, two million one, suspended for two games. Um, but yeah, Matt German was playing in that one. Um, you know, interesting match. I, I was actually I left Sydney that day. If I'd, if I'd have thought about this a bit better, I would have delayed my trip and gone to watch that game. But yeah, it would have been good. Um, but no, it was, it was an interesting match. Timmy Cahill popping up with two headers, um, getting them through to the playoffs. Has he been playing for Australia recently, or has he been brought back for these games? I think he's one of those figures that they're really trying to phase him out because he's what thirty six, thirty seven. I think they're trying to, but he's just. <coughs> I mean, the guy's not kicked a ball this season, and he pops up in the most important qualifier, you know, for the country in four years, and scores two. Two headers that he had no right to score, to be honest with you. Both of them are fantastic. Yeah. He puts the club through the playoff for the World Cup. But I think they'll face Honduras, Honduras which will be a tough game. In the intercontinental playoff? Yep, that's going to be a tough one. Another game I watched was the USA Trinidad and Tobago. Kicked <laughs> off at 9am our time. Um, that, was a, that was a strange game to watch. Like I've never seen... I mean, that was literally the Trinidad and Tobago B team. It wasn't even like, you know... I had never. Usually, when you watch Trinidad and Tobago, there's one or two players you'll know, and then the big Carlyle Mitchell that used to play in the Challenge. He he played for them. Um, Kenman Jones. Kenman Jones, or you know, there would even be like a sort of a, you know, like a player that would be at a decent level. There was not one guy in that team that I recognised. Even were they playing the T League B team? <laughs> T League B team. The BT team. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they, they 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 played basically a. Uh, a second string side and still managed to, to beat the US 2-1 and that's a full US team like Pulisic and, and Bradley and you know all these guys kind of running about you know and they just, they just couldn't get anything going so I was I was really surprised to see that I mean I can't say I'm too angry um, but you know I, I, uh, I, was, I was quite surprised to, to see it happen So in that in that case the US went into that game in third place obviously Mexico and Costa Rica in first and second already qualified so they'd hammered Panama yep. in the previous game to overtake them going to third. Panama needed to defeat Costa Rica, and Honduras needed to beat Mexico. Beat Mexico. Honduras won, and Costa Rica scored in the last minute. Have you seen this video? There is a video online of the stadium in Panama yeah. when they scored the last minute winner to defeat Costa Rica, who were already qualified yeah. to qualify for the World Cup. Are you, are you doing your fingers again? Honestly, it is not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting after a moment. I hope so. I hope that was the case. I hope because it was a Celtic player on that team, and I, and I hope that Costa Rica just went, ah, let's take our Latin American brethren with us to the World Cup, you know, let's let them have a party. But, but the scenes, I'm talking scenes, like it is, it's worth a watch. I've never heard the words <coughs> Mundial shouted so uh, you know so, so often in, in, in space of ten seconds. It's and, and the president gave him a day off the next day. Oh, did he? 
Yeah, they all got. He, he announced a national holiday. I think we need a national holiday. What Scotland? No, oh, in Korea. In no. Korea. Um, probably get one soon enough. You think so? I thought we'd have got one after the Uzbekistan game. <laughs> Fucking deserved it for watching that nonsense. <laughs> you have two days off for watching that. Anyway, Just um, mentioning Scotland. Yep, they got your hopes up and then promptly dashed them. Yep. Well, what we like to do is a little bit different from England. Is that we like to let your hopes down before the tournament begins, yeah. other than kind of wait until roughly three weeks in before we we, we disappoint everybody. Um, story of my life. But um, yeah, we we. Uh, Got the hopes up, defeated Slovenia on the Thursday night, 1-0, Chris Martin, last minute, Coldplay singer popping up, um, he will fit you, and then we went into the game on Sunday, you know, took the lead against Slovakia away from home, comes equal, Slovakia take the lead 2-1, 2-2, um, and you know, that was it, it's, it's classic Scotland, Scotland will never just fail at something, they will make you believe that they're going to accomplish it, <coughs> you know? The, the experts, masters are opening the door ever so slightly and then just booting it right in your face, you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's not ideal, but um, uh, that shit was. Uh, to be honest with you, perfectly, like speaking honestly, I'm not that mad because I don't really watch Scotland too much. And there's five or six Celtic players who play in that team who really need a break. So I'm quite happy for them to have three weeks off next uh, next summer. Plus, to be honest, they, they kind of screwed up in the first few games of the qualifying group, right? They, they did well to claw themselves back into contention. Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't want to stray too far off topic because we're supposed to be chatting about the, the K-League, but Gordon Strachan, as a manager, I never liked him at Celtic personally. I supported the guy, but I never really liked him. I found him too intransigent. I found him a little bit too uh, stuck in his ways. Um, but I would love to see... Um, you know, Scotland get to an international tournament. Ultimately, though, it's his stubbornness that has cost him. Um, it's the, his unwillingness to make changes to the team. He doesn't play foreign players. He plays players who he thinks are the best, and that works to an extent. But you need to have a balance of your best players and your foreign players, and that's what was missing for that Scotland team. But ultimately, it would have all been re- irrelevant anyway because Slovakia will finish second in the group, but they didn't make the playoffs. Scotland would have. Scotland so would Scotland's have. points would have taken them above Northern Ireland. So not only did we get knocked out of the World Cup, but we let Northern Ireland go through the playoffs as well, which you can imagine for myself is a bit like getting kicked in the balls and then kneeing <laughs> the face on your way down. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's that's exactly how that one worked out for me, which was a nice week. Um, but yeah, we, we should get back to, 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 to the K-League. And there's just one thing that we do want to mention, um, which is... Uh, K-League news, but not not exactly K-League news. Um, a friend of Modern Soul, Tim, yeah. um, recently had his Twitter account closed down. Have you got any more information on that? So, uh, as I understand, well, he's famous for doing screen caps pretty much as soon as the things happen in the K-League. He's, he's always, always seems to have like all three, four, five, six feeds going, and somehow he manages to get screen caps of important goals and decisions up within a minute or two of them happening. Yeah. Uh, and someone's obviously reported him or the K-League have found out about this and complained to Twitter and had him suspended for, I, I assume, copyright infringement. Castrated, I think the word is. Um, yeah, he, 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 so, you know, working, <coughs> as I mentioned a few weeks ago in the pod, like usually I work on Saturdays, so during the summer, uh, when I'm in the UK, I mean, um, during the summer, the, the evening kick-offs for me fall around lunchtime. Now, of course, if I'm working, then I can't watch these games. That modern soul Twitter feed was a lifesaver because you know he would sit and you know fair play to the guy must take out a lot of effort. He would sit and just screen cap and you know post highlights and post news updates. He would refer on other Twitter accounts that were of value to you. It was a real community service, you know. And I think anybody who follows any K League accounts on Twitter will you know will be following that account or would have been following that account. Um, and it's a shame that 
somebody who is trying so hard to promote the league, and, and ultimately that's what it is. I mean, he's not, I'm, I'm assuming, not making a single bit of profit from that account. He's in, I think, at a couple of thousand followers. Somebody who's trying their best to promote the league in a foreign language, you think that they would use their, their head for that one, you know, and just say, okay, there's an account there that is popular amongst, you know, foreign watchers or foreign viewers of the K League. Um, you know, why would, they, why would they pursue that? Does the K League have a, a, an official English Twitter or. I don't think so, do you? It's not like I don't really see that he's co- competing with them per se. Definitely not. No, I mean because even if even if he was posting content that was close to competing with them, if they if I have seen an English if I ever have seen English updates, they've been you know a few days after events or there've been news updates. You know that's real time news events. So that, you know, that he's posting. So I would definitely say. You know, if they want to do the copyright infringement stuff, they better hire the guy. That better be their next step. You know, I expect a, a, a follow Tim's personal account. I know that he's trying to get himself back home. I don't know if the Kayleigh would quite allow you the holidays at Christmas, but you could have three months off potentially. Um, but yeah, for the work he's doing, bloody give the guy a job. Don't you know? Don't uh, don't <laughs> don't kick him out. Well, that was how the Phantom started out in his job, wasn't it? Absolutely, the Phantom. Uh, you know, the Phantom first of all started writing reviews. He started writing previews. He started watching and analysing, and now he he you know full time you know is involved in the pornography industry. So you know it's uh, <laughs> uh, that's how he started off originally. So yes, we would just like to throw it back in behind Tim uh, in Modern Soul hashtag Free Modern Soul, um, and also uh, yeah, just just wish him all the best with that one because hopefully that account is is I don't know if it's suspended or removed completely, but hopefully it gets on you know it, it, get, it goes to the it goes to the appeals process and gets uh, and gets gets let off with it. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Sure, yeah, I think you've got a couple of other issues of fair play that you would like to to mention. Uh, yeah, there was a, a couple of uh, obviously we're not going to go like review every single game we've missed sure. in the last few weeks. But um, I was at a game last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, Chumbuk versus Seoul, uh, an enthralling nil nil draw. It wasn't, mm-hmm. but uh, just. What five minutes before the end, um, Hangyo Won just come on as a substitute. He was on the edge of the box and he was tackled and f- fell awkwardly and didn't get up. So uh, Chumbuk continued with the attack, but eventually Sol got the ball uh, in the area and uh, our central defender was dribbling it out. He saw the Chumbuk guy was on the ground, so he just bashed it out for a throw in on, on our 18-yard box. Uh, and the guy got treated. He got back up, ready to play again. And the Chumbuk player took the ball, threw it straight to Edu for them to go on the attack. Um, I think, obviously, it's not a law that you give it back to the opposing team if they kicked it out for you for your player to get treatment, but it's kind of the done thing, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So that was a bit disappointing. Uh, also, in the Cheju, uh, who did they play? Cheju versus Kangwon. They won one nil, I think, with a, a dodgy penalty. Okay. Um, Okay, so the, um, what's his name, Igunor, mm-hmm. runs into the area, and to be fair, he was tapped by a Kangwon player on his left ankle, very softly, uh, and then three seconds later he just threw himself to the ground, very theatrically, the referee gave the penalty, uh, didn't bother to review it on the VAR, um, yes, he is one of those things where where you where you got your Alan Shearer or Ian Wright saying, well, he, he, he was tapped, so he did have the right to go down, and then the defenders are going, well, yeah, he's just earned that he's earned that penalty rather than being, but yeah, very disappointing. 
theatrics. So yeah, just take a quick moment to, to remind our listeners that this week's sponsor, uh, podcast is sponsored by Tampax, and uh, then we'll move forward uh, to, to talk about some more news that has uh, taken place in the, in the league over the past few weeks. We did mention the Matt German suspension, um, but there's also been a, a couple of yeah, a couple of big pieces of news. Um, congratulations to Gyeongna. Um, <coughs> the two-one defeat uh, of Soliland FC on Saturday has has guaranteed them uh, going up next season as champions. Don't think this one was ever in doubt, do you? Um, there was one or two times during the season where we tried to make it look like it was going to become interesting. Because they dropped a point or something. Yeah, you know, like. yeah. It was like when you were trying to talk up Soliland's chances of making the the playoffs. Reach for, the, reach for the stars and you'll land in the clouds, mate. You know, that's, that's how I go. Um, yeah, another news uh, Sue Won have renewed the contract of Sojin Won for another year. Two years plus a year's option. Sure. So, what do you think? Is that good news for you or good news for them? Um, I think better news for us. I think this year they've been very much reliant on Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been out for a few months, he's just come back. Yeah. They struggled while he was away, started winning again, now he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can keep him, I'm sure they'll do a, a decent challenge again next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he gets sort of snapped up by a Chinese or Japanese team and they don't replace him, a la Adriano, mm-hmm. I think they'll sink like a stone. Yep. But uh, I'm not disappointed to see him have his contract extended. No. Well, you mentioned China there, and it does look as though there's, there's been some movement here recently because Marcao... Uh, <laughs> has, has been linked recently with a move. Now, Gyeongnam have said they're not willing to sell him for any less. Was it two million that they were looking for? Um, there are rumours that a Chinese Super League club have bid four. Four million, yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. What, what do you reckon? Um, I think. Wait, do you know which team it was? Was that was it an unknown Chinese? Unknown, team? yeah, unspecified, which kind of put there. So, <coughs> the Chinese teams went through a, a phase of raiding Korean teams for their best players. And then they got set their sights higher, right? And they're raiding Europe for their best players. And then the Chinese government stepped in and said, like, let's let's not go too crazy here. So, are we going to see a return to the sort of the, the best Chinese, the best K League players being picked up by Chinese sides? One hundred percent. I think you've seen the, the, the preview of that way. Bikram, you and moving to China a few years ago as well. Um, and I think now that you're seeing exactly as you said that the Chinese government effectively saying, you know, they're going to quash any any or any of these over attempts to overspend or to overdo things, then, yeah, I think 100% the Japanese and J-League and K-League are going to be the, the go-to move. But that's just like back home, right? All the all the best Scottish players or all the best Welsh players end up in England. Yeah, same way all the best English players end up in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> it's dog-eat-dog, mate. It's, it's shit rolls downhill, as they say. Um, okay, so and there's a former FC Seoul and Songnam midfielder Molina. Mauricio Molina. Yep. Chapter. He's retired. Hung up his boots. Okay, how much did you play in the last season? I could not tell you, but I'm just curious as to the reaction to that. Fond memories of the chap? Uh, yeah, I think he stayed too long. Uh, I think Seoul should have got rid of him a, a year before they did because he was declining very rapidly. And it went. And they, that meant that in the eyes of the fans, he went from being a guy who had fond memories to someone that was very frustrating in his last year. Um, but yeah, he, he was a, a great talent in the, the K-League. Mm-hmm. I'll always remember him for his scorpion kick against, uh, I want to say, Pusan. The first minute of a, a game in Pusan, which we ended up winning something like 6-0. Mm-hmm. Um, what year did he leave you? He must have left beginning of last season. Like That long? Weird. 2000, he's been, he was there for three or four years, yeah. 
Yeah, he le- he would have. Well, it's two thousand. He would have left two thousand at the end of two thousand fifteen. But he was there for the ACL Cup run as well, wasn't he? For the to the final, the Guangzhou game. Uh, yeah, sure he was there yeah, at the Yeah, um, yeah. That's I didn't know. I didn't know he lingered for that one. That's when they're doing demolition, right? Dayan and Molina. Oh demolition. wow! Really? Did that happen? And he he, he scored that important goal away. At, um, where is it? The um, Kashima. Oh yeah, where the satellite oh, feed cuts off. Sure, you were at that. That's right. Yeah, where everyone thought that Solder crashed out, but he scored a, go- a goal in the last second when the fo- satellite feed was cut off, and nobody knew about it. Interesting. So we actually forgot to mention, but we, we can mention it in the uh, in the news that the uh, Kaylee Glass night announced uh, a couple of fixtures, tenth uh, of November uh, against Colombia. Um, as of yet, unspecified venue, but we're expecting one of them to be at Sanger. <coughs> yeah, and the 14th of November, sorry, against Serbia. Yeah. Good games. Um, yeah, I think the Colombian one should be interesting. Obviously, um, Colombia got through to the World Cup, mm-hmm. as did Serbia. There's a bit of a kerfuffle about Colombia because they played Peru in their last qualifier, and they, they knew the situation. If they both drew, they'd both get through. Mm-hmm. So one of the Colombian players was going around whispering in the Peru players, mm-hmm. Peruvian players' ears, mm-hmm. uh, appearing to sort of try and collude to draw, to mm-hmm. the, get them both. Although Peru actually going to the, the uh, intercontinental playoffs, right? They play New Zealand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see Colombia play. They, they've been very talented in the last few years. Definitely. I mean, when I mean, you look at that front line of Falcao and, and James Rodriguez, it's definitely not to be sniffed at. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll move on now to previews. Serbia, Serbia, I can give or take. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I could, I could take a leave that one. Um, in fact, just before we do do go into the previews, we should mention that the ACL final yep. uh, has has been decided. So um, the second legs will last what, Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, Al Halal giving Persepolis a right good scudding um, and getting themselves through into the final. So they won the first leg 4-0, right? Sure, that was and then the second leg was 2-all draw? I couldn't... Uh, I think it was 6-2 in aggregate, yeah, yeah. so, so a 2-all two, two draw. Um, that's their, th- is that their third consecutive final or second final in three years? They were uh, they were there 2013-14 against West Sydney, I know that. So yeah, that would be the second in, in, in three years. Four so years. Last, was it last year was Alain, right? Alain. Okay, so two in three years. Um, yeah, our Reds, Pippin, Shanghai. Uh, I was quite surprised at that one. Our Reds this season in the J-League have been, to be quite honest, absolutely rubbish at the back. And <laughs> facing the, the most potent strike force in, in, in the continent in the shape of Hulk and, and uh, Oscar. Oscar as well yeah and they managed to, to keep what is only I think the first or second clean sheet of the season uh, and that's also the first ACL game that Hulk's not scored in the season is it not? Interesting I think he, he'd scored in every other game that he's played in okay yeah well I mean certainly credit to Rawa for that one uh, the, the final is a classic two-stager um, so it's taken a uh, Taking place on the 18th of November in uh, Saudi, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, in Riyadh, I'm guessing. And the uh, the, the final, well, the real final, I'm guessing, is the Saitama 2002 so. Stadium, 25th of November. That would be an absolute barnstormer. I have a friend. Um, yeah, um, yeah, we I'm thinking about it. Um, I, I did message her after the, the, the semi-final, after the quarter-finals, and say, if they get to the final, I will go. I have loyalties in the J-League, and Urawa are not the most liked team. And I'm pretty sure after a recent Bannergate issue, uh, non-Japanese people in the Urawa game are not the most liked either. Uh, so, so you know, I'll, I'll need to wait and see how that goes, but 
I am thinking about a wee cheeky weekend in Saitama. And of course, the fact that those two teams got to the East Asian semi-final mm-hmm. uh, makes me feel a whole lot better about Seoul's non-performance in the ACL this year. Yeah. Because they lost to the two teams that got all the way. You know, you can never really tell with the, with the ACL, but it does look as if there is some semblance of consistency in the... In the West Eastern, you know, sort of, you know, in the, in the Western sort of category, you tend to see the same three or four sides get to you know your Persepolis, your Al Halal, your Al Ain. Yeah. Seems like there's some sort of consistency breaking out there, in the same manner there is on the uh, in the European Champions League. I guess it's just now the the, the sort of the, you know the Eastern Conference that needs to step up a little bit and see if they can uh, they can match that. But Shanghai was so poor in their first game against Seoul, and if Dan had put that penalty in. Who knows what would have happened. If my granny had balls, she would be my granda. <laughs> um, just before we get onto the previews, we're going to do our, our winners and losers of the, the last three weeks. Uh, yeah, we should do. I'm going to have my winner as Matt German. Okay. Two million won, fine. Two match ban, but I thought what he did was hilarious. And I also, <coughs> I also think that... I also think John got away with it pretty easy last year. Um, I, I know they lost the league as a consequence of that point deduction. I think that could have been a relegation to to at least the challenge. And I know they, they couldn't really punt them down in the, <coughs> the, the third division. But you know, for me personally, like you know, having fallen victim to uh, you know to, to, a, to a side in your country taking advantage of financial, uh, let's say financial um, mismanagement, then yeah, I, mean, I kind of feel like the punishment should be harsher for that. Um, I'm calling Yerman because he's lost his money and he's lost his right to play in the next few weeks, but he's at least got my support, and I'm sure that means a world to the guy. Okay. Uh, who have you got for loser of the week? For loser. Oh, you, sorry, for winner of the week. Winner of the week. I should say winner of the last three weeks. Win- winner, of the, winner of the month. Um, I'm gonna say that it's gonna be uh, me. You? Yeah. Why? Because in my quest to see uh, all the countries of FIFA play at least one live game, it's always nice to see career range friendlies in Korea with countries that I've not seen. Mm-hmm. So it'd be good to see Colombia and tick that one off. Okay. I feel I've seen Serbia. Okay. And actually, there's one of the one of the massive FC Seoul fans I know who's a massive Hamis Rodriguez fan, so I'm sure she's uh, dripping with excitement. I'm sure she knows. Uh a lot about him um, and the rest of the Colombian squad um, knows get it okay um, okay so who have you got then for your loser of the tri-week period um, anyone that was at Suwon last weekend there's been a couple of stinkers recently haven't there <laughs> kind of the business end of the season you tend to find that the four or five teams at the bottom who, who have really no hope of anything in the challenge certainly just tend to shut shop and just not give a frank for sausage and it's I was talking about the blue wings but anyway oh fair enough uh, yeah well that's that's fair enough but like I'm just like any any team basically that's I mean you one are lucky enough you know they've, they're still in me a shout but I don't know man it just this is you know the land games these days I'm, I mean I don't know if I'm going to get to another one before the end of the season just because of working commitments and going back to Scotland next weekend um, I'm maybe try and get up and see them train um, if I can before the end of the season but um, yeah, there's just not much to watch at the lower end of the challenge, certainly. Um, but yeah, Suwon, losers of the week. They, uh, not Suwon themselves, but anyone that was at the game, because oh, obviously they beat um, Ulsan at the weekend to reignite their hopes of getting somewhere mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the final few games. 
But as their half-time entertainment, they had Britain's Got Talent winner. Don't mention it. But they're coming at that in a minute. That's, that's how we're going to end the podcast but tonight. Anyone that, yeah. Don't blow your load. <laughs> but that, that, that's my uh, nomination for Losers of the Week. Sure. Okay. Yourself? Um, I'm struggling with this, uh, to be honest with you. I'm thinking about Buchon. Um, the reason I'm considering Buchon is because they seem to be sitting right outside the the uh, playoff spots in the challenge. Yeah. Um, they play Suwon uh, this weekend. They're not got a fairly ru- easy running. Well, they've they've got um, Suwon this weekend and in Eland on the 29th <coughs> uh, at home. It's gonna be away. Um, I was thinking about going for Buchon. Who can I go for my loser of the I'm gonna say Shin. Yeah, I'm gonna say that that whole issue with Hiddink. Yeah, you know that's that's pretty embarrassing for a guy who's recently just kind of stepped into a job. Now I know that he's never really been sort of, you know, but that's his gig, that's his job, that's that's what he is. And you know, two defeats against two. Well, I mean, not so much Russia, but against a bang average Morocco side. Um, and then you know, there's rumours in the press that the KFA are talking to someone, and they're not talking to someone. That's a mess. You know, what I mean, and it must be pretty rough for the guy to, to put up with that stuff. So you have to come back and give a press conference and. It's just not a good look at all. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to call him as my, my loser of the the month. So obviously we've got these two games, these two home games coming up against fairly attractive opposition. I'm sure, sure Colombia's of interest to everybody. Uh, quite addictive brand of football they play. Um, obviously beginning of November it's going to be getting chilly in Korea. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll be able to sell these grounds out? Do you think they'll get lots of fans, or do you think people will be so disenchanted with recent performances they'll not bother? Um, they're definitely not going to sell this out. They're not going to sell it out. Um, I mean, the Serbia game is a tough sell. You know, I, I would suggest taking that game in the road. Um, take that one down to Busan, or take that one to you know to to, to a sort of somewhere they've maybe got a Puchon. Puchon, yeah, somewhere they've got a you know. Colombia, you know, Colombia like sort of a B2 level of the international team, maybe B1. Especially when you consider your Falcao's and your James Rodriguez's and your Cuadrado's, <coughs> these guys. would <coughs> be interested to, to see them play at Sangam, and I think they could potentially attract quite a big crowd. What do you think, Serbia? You know, where would you play that game if you were if you were in charge? Uh, I think you you want to play it somewhere that is easy for people to. For, for, for the fans and all to get to, so I, I would assume it's going to be someone like Koyang, um, Ansan, maybe Suwon. Why, why not a Pohang? Why would they never go to a Pohang? Like I'm asking, you know, as a because I think you'll find that the majority of the fans are in Seoul. Um, they do they do occasionally go on the road there, but they've had games before in, in Chonju and things like that. Uh, but I would expect, based on their recent performance. For it to be in a in a stadium, in and around Seoul, but we'll we'll see. Actually, talking about loser of the week, I do kind of want to nominate the uh, the uh, Korean national team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the latest international rankings were announced this week. Oh yeah! And for the first time in history, yeah, Korea are below China. China, yeah. Uh, they were the sixth sixth best team in Asia now. Korea, I mean. What do you say about these rankings? Like, <coughs> if China play Korea tomorrow, <coughs> who wins? Well, they're going to play each other in December, so we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. So, so on that note, that uh, actually only this is why I'm thinking about postponing my weekend in Tokyo because those fixtures uh, 
three games in six days. Yeah. Japan, North Korea, and China. And yeah. uh, in, in Japan, yeah. uh, those could be some good games. The East Asian games. Football Federation's Cup. Yep. Any listeners fancy a jolly over to Tokyo for the weekend? Let me formally announce the establishment of the James McCourt Travel um, Travel Company, JMTC, and uh, get in contact if you fancy a jolly over to to Japan. Um, I know many people there. Most of them don't want to know me, um, but surely that means you're going to have a good weekend. <coughs> Speaking of good weekends, we've got a big one ahead of us. Yep, it's going to be super. Super. So will, will, will you be super? Sorry? Will you be doing super match sweep? Um, I'll be working, unfortunately. I'll be doing super match graft. Yeah, I'll, I'll be working this weekend, uh, Saturday at least. So what's your... Uh, so what's, so at least you're not telling me you're going to come to the game and not come in. Yeah, I mean... We're making progress. I was come very late, mate. That's what happens. So tell me... Um, so tell us, first and foremost, who's playing this weekend? Um, so it's uh, Sol versus Suwon. Sure. At, the, at, at Sangam, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far this year, it's been one draw at Sangam, mm-hmm. two wins for Seoul away at Suwon. Uh, hence, I'm feeling particularly nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suwon are due a win. They've not beaten. What well, I was reading the other day that Seoul have not beaten Suwon. Sorry, Suwon have not beaten Seoul since Huang became manager. Okay. And there's one guy who went off and did his military service, just come back. Uh, forget his name. But Seoul, Suwon have not beaten Seoul the whole time he, he was doing. So his last his last super match was the uh, Suwon Five Seoul One debacle, and now he's just come back. Maybe he's going to be an omen. And he was in the the, uh, the press conference today. Oh, I'm going to go to Sangam and put another five goals in to re- recapture glory for Suwon. Sounds good. Good um, luck, brother. Sorry. Good luck to him. Big news. <coughs> um, German's obviously not playing. Nor is Osmar. I assume he's doing some kind of fan. Like signing thing. I'm going to see if I can get him to sell me a can of cats in a wagoning new style fashion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but beyond that, expect to be a draw, don't you? A hundred percent. This game's going to finish one each. Who's going to take the lead? It uh, doesn't even matter. They're just going to both score at the same time. Pretty much, this game has got draw written all over it. This is not going to be a, a pretty one, I don't think. Okay. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong. Oh, this is Saturday, yeah. Saturday, yeah, Saturday, three p.m. I hate these afternoon fixtures. I love that in the summer when I could just go to work, finish, and just go watch the games. But these Saturday afternoon fixtures are just <coughs> so inconvenient for the working man. Um, okay, yeah, I, I've got a feeling that's going to finish one each. What, 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 do, you, what do you reckon? Uh, I think one each or two on to two one. Okay, I'm not very optimistic at all. Any other picks for this weekend? Any other big games you, you want to you want to look at? Or should we go to the uh, Chumbuk or away to Kangwon? Are they? Yep, it's business end of the season at the moment, isn't it? It's really it's really kind of heating up. up. So Kangwon have switched away from the, the, the stadium they've been playing at all this year. They've, mm-hmm. they've dropped the uh, Olympic Ski Jump Stadium. I never made it. Um, and they're playing in Wonju or Chuncheon. Or are they often about different tour, Yeah, I think, that, I think they're moving around. That could be wrong. Um, last week, Seoul went down to Chonju. Chonju played their first... They actually played all the strikers they had at one point or another. Uh, and Seoul controlled them really well. I thought Seoul handled them very well defensively. Um, but you'd still expect them to sort of do better against Kangwon. And I'm going to say three points for, for Chumbuk. Okay. Uh, and the other big fixture for the Cats <coughs> this weekend is Jeju Osan game. Um, uh, sorry, I should say Osan Jeju. Sunday. Um, I may try and go to that. Okay. You fancy it? Uh, I can't. I, I do fancy it, but I can't. 
Maybe I'll leave word with the Phantom. Oh, he wants him, doesn't he? Um, okay. Well, anybody here listeners fancy a jolly to Ulsan and then it's Tokyo? Not far from Busan, if uh, anyone you know is down there. I'm just, I might just, just magungwa my way down there, a bag of cans and a good attitude, and see what happens. So, Ulsan kind of screwed up last week, right? Yeah. Losing to Suwon. Yeah. Uh, Cheju. Oh, they got that. They got that narrow win against Kangwon. Controversial, yeah. Sponsored by Tampax. So, kind of difficult to predict. The hard one. I think I would like to see Jeju win it. And the only reason for that is just because keep the league competitive. Yeah. Uh, you know they're not a bit in the arse off of John Bick, and I would like to see them, uh, you know, pick up the three points and, and leave themselves within shooting distance. Um, but <coughs> you know, that, that, it's another one that could go in a way. Tough, tough ask away at Osan. You know, if it was at home, I would maybe fancy them, but. I guess it could be could be a difficult game for them. <coughs> Just got one other thing to say about the Super Match. Sure. Obviously, next Wednesday it's the FA Cup semi final. Yes. Sue one against Pusan. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if uh, Sojan one's going to play his full full strength squad on on Saturday, really? or whether he's or whether he's going to hold someone back in reserve with the FA Cup semi final. Oh, I guess in the mind. You know, that being said, it's a bad blood may carry on from earlier on in the season and. He may just want to give you, you know, he may just want to try and give you a doing. Yeah, so, uh, at least that's a distraction that, unfortunately, FC Seoul don't have this year. I don't know if you call it a distraction, because it looks like, if, 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 you, if you asked uh, the bookies who's more likely to win a trophy this year between the two sides, then I don't think they would, you know, they would they'd be back in FC Seoul, so maybe it's a distraction, but, you know, it's always nice to be in there shout at the Cups towards the end of the season. I think Seoul can still uh, mathematically win the league. Sure as, as of today, can still mathematically qualify for the playoffs, but uh, yeah, you, you may well be right, mate. That's that's entirely possible. Um, okay, so we'll see how that goes tomorrow at five pm. Uh, I'll get you a text. Uh, other fixtures. Let's get your your predictions for Daegu Incheon. Don't care. So I've been I've, I've had a good think about this because I don't care the couple of games earlier in the season, and I've kind of reconsidered it because our podcast is here to promote the game. Yeah. And I think I don't care as a as a as a as a spit in the face of the men and women who work hard all week and go and watch Daegu and Chun. So I feel like we should commit to giving at least half decent score predictions. Literally, just pull two numbers out your ass and turn with them. All right. Uh, do you have the league table <laughs> league table in front of you? I can tell you that it's not looking uh, it's not looking too good for either side. But Daegu are significantly in better nick than Inchon. But <coughs> Kwangju are basically down, right? Kwangju are off skis. Yep. How, what's, how far are they behind? They are seven points behind Inchon at the moment. With 12 available. So theoretically, they could be relegated this weekend. Yeah. If Inchon yeah, win. Yeah, they could be. And Kwangju lose. Um, I'm going to say, I do care about this because after Songnam got relegated last year, that was a, a, an easier away game. I don't want Inchon to get relegated this year because it's another easier away game to get to. Sure. So Inchon to win, resoundingly. First world problems there. Eh? You're, yeah. you're banking your team and who you're backing based on how easy it is to get to. Okay, John Nam. <coughs> John Nam. Pohan. Pohan. Uh, away win. Yeah, I think so too. That 5 0 result a few weeks ago was pretty impressive. I meant to say as well, I watched uh, Guangzhou play a couple of weeks ago. It was the rain soaked game, I think it was against Jeju. Oh, Jeju, yeah. That was a disgrace. I have never seen. Niall McGinn has not bitted his arse since he arrived here in Korea. He sat on the bench and watched other people play football for, for 12 weeks he started that game now I don't know what the criteria is for starting that game maybe he's going for the people with the biggest feet so they can 
you know, they can they can go scuba diving. But that was an absolute shambles. It was not entertaining. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was actually, I'm telling you, like, it was thoroughly entertaining to watch. But from a sort of Hell in a Cell perspective, it was just a grotesque sort of spectacle. The game should have been called off. There's 100%. no question about it. So much standing water, the ball was not even rolling. The league have shown an intransigence when it comes to being flexible with fixtures. I thought, if that wasn't proof of it, then what happened a couple of weeks ago, you know, with the Busan fixture, you know, if, if, if you, I mean, I, can you imagine that happened, you know, in the, in the UK, where, a, where an active manager, a sitting manager, passes away on the Monday? <coughs> can you imagine that happened with Chelsea? And, and for example, we touch with nothing ever does, but can you imagine that happened with a Chelsea or a, a you know, a, a, you know, a Southampton? There would be no chance to be fixtures for the next month. It would be, or the next few weeks, it would be pulled to a halt. I think they might get one week off, but I'm not so, I wouldn't think they get multiple weeks off. Why do you think they don't make a postponement for that or for the weather in this instance with the Jeju Guangzhou game? For the weather, that was the three weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Was that the penultimate fixture before the split? Thanks so, again. Yeah. I would I would say they they've not got enough uh, administrative procedures in place to be able to set up the the replay or the the, sure. the rearranged game. It obviously, had to be completed before the final split fixture, so they could be all played at the same time. They didn't have the, the administrative function to do it. To do it, it's insane. Like you, you think, start the season a week earlier, you know, at the start of the year, and give yourself a buffer. You know, for, for instance, it's, <coughs> I mean, it's, it's a crazy situation to find yourself in. It's a terrible advertisement for the league. You know, if somebody sits and watches, I mean, that game was more likely to be on YouTube trending for, for the sort of you know, the hilarity of so it than the actual quality. Originally, that would have been the last game of the this, the pre-split, right? If if they hadn't have postponed that other rent, that other set of fixtures. To become the last last round of split fixtures, that would have been the last round of split fixtures. They would have had no choice but to pl- to play it or figure out. I mean, there needs to be something. I mean, you, could, you could delay it 24 hours, surely, or you know, there, there, there needs to be some sort of flexibility. Because it was crazy, as I say, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but you know, it was just it was pouring, and it was it was a terrible thing to watch. You know, it was just somebody's going to get injured, and that's when that's when the issue lies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, Guangzhou, Sangju. Um, Kwangju have been poor continuously I mean surely if there's ever going to be a game where they're going to give themselves a sniff of any sort of hope like surely this is it Sangju are piss poor this season like Sangju have got the worst home record in the league as <coughs> an away game but and they've just lost a bunch of players of course I mean it's, it's October Sangju become you know, a shadow of the team they were four weeks ago um, what do you think then what do you, what have you got for that uh, I'm going to say it's going to be a score draw I'm going to say Guangzhou more at hope than, than anything else. Um, okay, let's just, just before we move on from sure. Guangzhou, is uh, is Namaguin still tweeting? Namaguin's tweeting away. What, what what kind of things is he tweeting about? Uh, he's been talking about the Northern Ireland national team getting to the get to the to the playoffs for the World Cup, and he's in that squad as well. Yeah, so he's he's just he's not tweeting anything about life in Korea. Not that I've seen. So, Have you? I don't follow. I don't, him, I don't know. I mean, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, and and I'm. I don't want. I don't know Niall McGinn personally. Even in his time at Celtic, he was a quiet guy, never in bother, never in, never in uh, any trouble at all. Um, I may have known someone that he dated for a while, but that's that's me keeping that close to my chest. Give me a call, Niall. We can chat um, <laughs> on the podcast, obviously. Um, I don't know him, but he seems like a, a quiet enough guy. He seems like a sort of nice enough guy. Since I say fairly neutral in terms of his time in Glasgow, which is not the easiest place to stay neutral in, I can assure you, especially when you're from from Belfast. Um, but he he kept himself to himself, and 
I wouldn't be surprised if he's looked at the fact that he's signing for Guangzhou in August. Yeah. The league finishes probably October time for them. He's going to be off until January. Right. Now, he mentioned in an interview at the start in the summer on BBC that he's never had a Christmas off yeah. since he became a professional football player. And I'm not accusing the guy of joining Guangzhou for, you know, to get Christmas off, but I think it would be a factor in the decision making that he's, he would think to himself, well, I joined there, I get good money. If the clubs stay up, you know, they stay up. If they don't, then I'm going to hold them in October for, for you know, the end of October for, <coughs> for two months. You know what I mean? He's got, they've got nothing to play for. They're you, not you don't anything, think he'll so. be uh, going back to Europe in the, the, the January transfer window? Well, I think it depends on a number of factors. I don't know if there is some form of release clause in his contract. I don't know if there's a salary cut. My experience of these contracts extends as far as football manager, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, I've never been able to really successfully get relegation um, release clauses into contract when I'm trying to sign Kristen Danalash for Soliland FC uh, when they're obviously second in the classic. Um, but you know, I guess maybe that there could be something in the paperwork that would allow him to move on a free if they're relegated if he can find himself a new club. Yeah. I would not be surprised if he ended up back at Aberdeen because they are joint top of the league just now with Celtic. After eight games, they've got 21 points. Huh. So, uh, 20 points, I think, after eight games. 22, maybe. Um, so, they are going great guns. Um, so, you know, it could well be that they would look at him as an option to come back into that side, um, obviously on a pay cut. But, you know, you never do know with these things. I, I, as always, I wish him all the best and, and, uh, and hope that he sort of sticks it out because it's always nice to have... Uh, you know, for myself in the league, um, I've not seen him yet. I'll maybe try and see if I can catch him before before the end of the season. But um, yeah, he, uh, you know, he's, he's a good player, and it's strange to me that it's not worked out for him so far here. Um, I, I, even three or four weeks ago, I was thinking he could be the difference between them. He, I mean, he's that good; like he could be the difference between them being relegated and and, and staying up. Um, on the 29th, I'm back in the UK. I'd really like to have gone to Inchon for that one, um, seeing if I could see him, uh, you know, see him at that. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's a shame to, to see how things have worked out so far. Can't say I would be surprised if he went back to Europe, but I hope not. I hope he sticks it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to the challenge and I'll do a quick preview of the fixtures from, from this weekend. There's a full card over Saturday and Sunday, starting off with tomorrow's game and San against Deland. Uh, it's going to be a home win. Home win. Um, Asan against Gyeongnam. Away win. Away win. You think so? Because Asan are really in with a hunt, and, and Gyeongnam may just play the kids. You know what I mean? They may just put the boys out. I suppose now they're. Yeah. The, the job's done, you know? They got her in the taxi, as they say. You know, it's, it's taken care of. Doesn't matter what she looks like. Okay, Buchon Suwon. Buchon have got to win that. Yeah, need to win that. That's a, that's a, that's a must win game. Okay, Anyang Busan. Uh, away win. I think so too, yeah. And Dejon, sorry, Songnam at home to Dejon on Sunday. Home win. I think I'm going to try and get to get to that one, maybe if I don't go to Elsa. Um, I've got to go to about nine games this weekend so far. Uh, okay, yeah, so an interesting weekend in the uh, in the challenge as well. Um, I don't fancy Elan much. I'm kind of gutted that I'm not going to get to see them again before the end of the season because I kind of came here thinking no reason to miss a game between now and the end of the year I had to do a shift swap this week because as I say I'm going home next Friday so it's a bit frustrating that I'm not going to get the chance to, to catch them again before the end of the season but um, as I say I may be trying to get up and catch them training at some point um, yeah. I don't know if the training will be open to the public I'm, I'm assuming so yeah. hopefully try and get up and, and, and do that maybe one day during the week uh, ok so there's an FA Cup semi-final too yeah. in fact next week so would you like to tell us who's involved in that 
paid their licensing fees or whatever. Can you see them really winning the cup though? I mean, I guess if they can beat Sue one, then you know, fuck. I don't know. I think, as I say, they've got a reserve judgment on this one uh, and, until until tomorrow. Um, that'll be a good game. I'll be I'll be looking forward to watching it, but. Of course, we, we made our prediction for the Supermatch by saying Suwon may or may not risk players tomorrow. We never mentioned that at all for the Pusan Anyang game, right? Will they risk players against Anyang? Well, I mean, they could. Feasibly, they're the strongest. They've, they've secured it, yeah, because there's only a couple of fixtures left. So they've got, the they've got second wrapped up. They can't make first, so why not? Yeah, I mean, they have four or five players in the team of the week last week in the, in the Kaylee Challenge. So as I said, they're on form. I mean, I guess against Anyang, maybe he could play them and just try and, you know, you know give them a 20 minutes 30 minutes at the end of the game to keep them going but um, yeah it's, it's a strange one um, yeah anyway uh, catch that one next week but we should we should probably finish off because it is Friday night and I've got two cans of beer in my bag okay um, I see bag not belly um, at this point but if you give me 20 minutes that can be arranged um, one of the weirdest weirdest uh, things I've seen since I arrived in Korea now, through the Phantom, I'm used to hearing about uh, assorted K-pop stars finding themselves at the at the racetrack yep. um, quarterly. Um, I have never heard of a British opera singer from a, a reality TV show finding himself playing in Suwon. Um, half time was it half time? Half time, yeah. Yeah, so Mark made his way down to that one. I was hoping he was here because I actually did want to address the fact that he hashtagged the word spine tingling. Yeah. And, I, and I wanted to ask him if that was ironic or if it was because he'd had six cans of cass. Right, because um, he was talking about not a dry eye in the house as this yeah. person performed. Uh, I mean, that, that's pretty extreme. You know, Paul Pot, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's, a, there's, you know, there's Paul Pot's the, the opera singer and Paul Pot's the Cambodian... Uh, you know, d- you know, dictator, um, genocidist. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm actually unsure of which one has caused more tears uh, in, in the past because Paul Potts, in my experience, is absolutely pants. I prefer his brother Des, but um, yeah, you know. So, I sue one against uh, against Dulsan and Paul Potts. Did you see his jersey? He was wearing a, a, a sue one shirt. I don't think they make sue one shirts his size over here. Uh, I would encourage you if you haven't seen it. Have you ever seen vacuum packed gammon? <laughs> so he was wearing the triple extra large, but it was still uh, stretched. He was wearing like the sort of yoga pants Suwon shirt, you know, it sort of it sort of, it sort of really embellished every nook and cranny that he, that he had to offer, and he has many. Um, but again, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. I'm not exactly snake caps myself. I shouldn't be giving the guy dogs abuse, but. Ah, he's, he's doing well with that one. He's doing well with fitting that. I just I wouldn't have liked to have been there to help him get out of it. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're going to finish the weekend. It's an obvious choice. We've got Paul Pot, so I'm guessing it's going to be the Cambodian national anthem. <laughs> Spine tingling. Spine tingling. Oh.